starting something is one thing, but making it a success and growing it and scaling it is a completely yeah. different thing. We started the order and realized, oh my gosh, like this is intense. Like, how are we going to be able to do it? We did everything ourselves. We had zero support. We had we spent nothing on social media or advertising or marketing. Yeah. It was a crazy experience. We turned our house into a factory. <laughs> Every room ended up being like a different production room. Hello there, and once again, welcome back to the NatWest Business Show. I'm your host, Angelica Bell, and this season we're talking to bold business owners who have fearlessly carved out their own paths. Joining us this week are co-founders and real-life partners, Zara and Zach of Delicious Body. Delicious Body is a natural, cruelty-free beauty brand proudly rooted in Indian heritage. Using Ayurvedic principles and recipes, they have acquired huge success online, and I'm thrilled to be speaking with them right now. Welcome, Zara and Zach. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Good to have you here. And before we get into your incredible business journey, you have to confess, but only a business confession. Something that you've learned along the way, a valuable lesson, maybe a business blunder that has helped you and propelled you to where you are now. So what confession do you have for us? So we've got a pretty big one, actually. Um, So in our first year, we took on an order of 100,000 units of our product. 100,000? 100,000. In your first year? In our first year. And at this point, bear in mind, we are still operating from home, making 100 products at a time. Um, so we took this order on, um, it was a crazy experience. We turned our house into a factory. We had 20, 25 pallets on our driveway at any given time. Um, we had a marquee in the garden. We had to bring in. You had a marquee for your products. We did. That's the first time I've ever heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Usually marquees are for parties, but they're for products. We ran out of space in the house. Oh my goodness. We literally were just like, like every room ended up being like a different production room. Um, and obviously we took on the order, not actually saying that we can, this is the confession, didn't I have guess. Like, we didn't have a setup. We didn't have a setup. We took on the order. So you had, the um, order comes in and you're like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. We were like, yeah, yeah, we got it. We've got it. We can do this. And then we started the order and realized, oh my gosh, like this is intense. Like how are we going to be able to do it? So literally like we had to get like industrial machines in. Um, one room was like our filling room. One room we were heat sealing. Like we had to move our furniture out. Like it was just insane. And it was over summer, thank God, which is why we had the marquee in the back. So we could like put some stock there. Yeah. Honestly, it was just insane. And Did we you had... feel overwhelmed though? Did you think, what have we done? Because even I, I wasn't there and I'm like, I probably would have just run away. We did. You know what? We didn't, we didn't realize what we'd signed up for until we mm-hmm. actually started to plan and figure out how we're going to do this. Because obviously making 100 products in your kitchen is easy, but making batches of 5,000, 10,000 in industrial mixers and volumetric filling machines and industrial sealing machines, etc. is a completely different ballgame. But I guess we somewhat knew what we were setting ourselves up for. Um, But it was just a crazy experience. We had to get support from friends and family. Um, I was still working full time. Um, So for me, I'd come home from work until midnight yeah and we had um our girls were really small we've got two girls i think they were like two and one and it was just like that intense moment of like when you're like still in that toddler phase and you're so like sleep deprived and then you're still doing everything like there was no escape from that order but just a bit of backstory that the reason we took the order on is it was for one of the largest beauty boxes in the uk Mm. so we thought if we can get our product into a hundred thousand people's hands 
like why would we not do that yeah. because it's such a competitive market so it was an order you couldn't really turn down yeah absolutely we thought we couldn't turn it down yeah completely and it, and for us it wasn't it wasn't about the money mm-hmm. it was more about the exposure yeah. um given it's our first year we're in a highly saturated market um and it worked for us. Did really well. Yeah. Okay, so but what's interesting also about your story, which I, I can't wait to find out more about, is that you both don't come from professional business backgrounds. You were a teacher. You've done different things, recruitment and all sorts of stuff. But you already had sort of this business focus. I mean, to to think like that long term, and to put yourself under that much stress with a young family, you had sort of like a business vision. I guess you could say that. Um... I mean, we didn't, yeah, we didn't come from business backgrounds. Um, It was something we always had in the back of our mind. We were kind of always a bit entrepreneurial, but never started anything, but just thought it'd be really nice to just have something that's our own. Um, And the way the business started was just a really authentic way. Like we didn't even think we'd end up in the beauty space. Um, The reason we started is because when I was pregnant, I developed a dry skin problem. It was kind of like an eczema related to pregnancy. And um, the doctors would just prescribe steroids. So for us, it was just like, for me, I didn't want to use anything that wasn't natural. So we ended up making one product, which was our body scrub, and that started it all. Um, But yeah, we don't come from beauty backgrounds, like never worked in the beauty industry. I worked for a small business when I graduated, and that was really helpful because when you're you're working for a small business, you're just kind of thrown into everything. Um, So that was helpful. But yeah, I, I was a teacher for seven years before we started. Yeah. And um, I guess similar to Zara, I when I graduated, I uh, went on to a few graduate programs uh, in the corporate space, did did recruitment for a few years, um, went into asset management um, in various kind of project program management roles. Very different. Um, but I guess, as Zara said, we've always had, I guess, a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, we've always wanted to do something. And for us, the timing was right when this landed. So where did that come from? Family or just it was just in you? I, well, you you come from like a family of entrepreneurs, right? Your dad was in business. Yeah, I guess entrepreneur is a is a is a is a unique word for that yeah. for that kind of generation. I guess it was more. I mean, my my dad was a shopkeeper, um, so it's very traditional, old school type of business, bricks and mortar, uh, one unit. Um, I don't know if it stemmed from that. To be honest, I didn't see too much of that growing up. Mm. Um, but I guess it, it's more just stemmed from our upbringing. Um, we've always had quite quite normal lives I'd say um kind of hand-to-mouth type of lives um education has been at the forefront of everything that Mm. has been pushed on us in terms of our parents so education is the priority it's everything and we both went down the educational routes and I guess part of that helped us to I guess think outside of the box a little bit and all those experiences you would have taken things from it yeah to help you and to give you maybe the confidence because I think anyone who goes into business is brave, you know, because I sit back mm. and I'm like, gosh, you know, I have these ideas. I wish I had that. But you think that anyone could go yeah, into business. So I mean, what advice would you, what would you give to anyone who hasn't got the experience of of that background? I always say, like, you definitely don't need to have experience in that particular industry and whatever it is that you're going into. Like, we end up in beauty. Like, we end up with a beauty brand. Like, if you had spoken to us, like, 10 years ago, we'd have been like, that's never going to happen. Like, why would we go into beauty? Um I think you do have to be really passionate about whatever. It sounds really cliche to say that, but you have to be passionate about the industry that you're going into. And you definitely don't need any experience to to start just because you can have the skill set without realizing that you have the skills already to be able to start a business. So, I mean, I always say that. I just think anyone can start it. So passion, drive, self-belief and just go for it. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was, I make it sound like it's really easy. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, just get it. Just, After just I finish today, I'm just going to get on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what I would say is starting something is one thing, but making it a success and growing it and scaling it is a completely yeah. different thing. And we're on that journey. Um, we're still in that journey where we learn things every day. And I guess that's the beauty of it. Um, it's we're, we're kind of outside of our comfort zone every day. Right, and that feeling sort of just is inspirational for you. You're like, yeah, it is. It's a buzz. Yeah. You get a buzz out of it. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. We we learn every day, and we're passionate about what we do, which which I guess helps drive the success. Yeah, I think if you know your why, and for us it was, you know, we want to. We're starting something in an industry which is very underrepresented. Like we're we are like an ethnic minority. We're starting, you know, we we're an Indian brand, and that's not something that you see in yeah. mass market so much. Did that put you off, or a little, a little no. niggle to see like, okay. You know, we're, we're going into sort of uncharted territory here. No, do you know, I think it was kind of like, why isn't it there? Let's do it. I yeah. think it was just like, it absolutely needs to be there. Um, Indian beauty is something that is coming. Like we are like, we firmly believe it in the same way that K-beauty has come. Like five years ago, people wouldn't have heard of terms like glass skin and Korean beauty. But now it's like everyone's doing it. And we firmly believe that Indian beauty has a space for that. So I don't think it was it was off-putting. If anything, it was more exciting because we were like, we can create something that's like it's modern, it's fun. It's not your typical like Ayurvedic brand that people kind of associate with like yoga and like possibly like an older market we're like really fun we have like bright like pink colors and you know we're, and we're affordable like so we we knew that there was a space for it and I think that's probably what made us more confident yeah so even though beauty is quite saturated like you said Zach you saw sort of a, a space to sort of grab hold and just you know fit that space yeah definitely and I always say this I just think even if a market is crowded, there's still enough space for you. Like, I don't think people should be put off. Like, you can absolutely take a piece of that pie. Like, why not? Just just try. Mm. And like you said, if you've got the passion, you know, bit of luck, it should work out. Let's talk about the fact that you two are husband and wife. What's it like working together? You know, there must be positives and negatives. So let's explore that. There are. Um, I guess it. we have the odd argument. Um, I love when you say odd. The odd argument. <laughs> odd. I mean, to be fair, it, it, <laughs> I was like going okay. <laughs> to be fair, it That's was how more you frequent. It. To be fair, it was more frequent initially. But I think, I think we've got a pretty strong foundation in terms of our relationship at home, which I guess breeds quite a healthy ground in terms of business and how we operate. And we both bring different skills to the table, mm, and we're definitely. very much aware of our strengths and weaknesses, and they complement each other. So I think it works really well. We make it work. Yeah, I, I think it was there was like a there was like a teething period, wasn't there? Like where we were learning because obviously we were married and then we started a business and yeah. you're now looking at your partner in like a work capacity. So it's like, oh, like I didn't know that that's how you do things or I don't know. But I think over time we've definitely like we know each other's strengths. Like for example, our roles are getting a lot more clearer now. And that like helps. Like I'm I'm just always in awe of how amazing he is at his negotiation. Like when he's when there's like a sales deal coming through, he's amazing. I'm just like, oh my God, that's like you own that. Like he has oh, that, this uh, is beautiful. I'm like, this is this is beautiful. Hard <laughs> to believe. Exactly. Hard to believe. Like, no, really? no. The first time you've is heard this. It is. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I think is, like I fair. think you bring like a really you know, you bring so much he brings so much to the business in a way that I couldn't because yeah. I'm not strong on that side. Um, but vice versa. Like, for example, if we look at our growth on social media, Zara single-handedly done that. I couldn't have done that. So we have our roles and areas that we look after, which we're good at and which we own, and it works. Yeah. I feel like you're renewing your vows right now and I'm <laughs> instigating it. <laughs> <laughs> 
god i don't even think we actually say it enough out loud what? Yes, um, but we should we definitely should like we should recognize each other's i think we've always been such a good team and that's just not just out you know outside the business as well yeah. like you know we're parents you know i think he's like an amazing husband an amazing father so oh my god this for is me amazing. it's like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know like i don't think we say it enough. I'm, I'm gonna stop crying but it's interesting but that you can separate you know that relationship with the business business um, model that you've got but what re- but recognize that strengths and weaknesses are what's going to help your business thrive and also accept that sometimes you're going to get things wrong but you've still got to work together because sometimes that's that's what some people I think would be put off with yeah because sometimes people's weaknesses you don't want to sort of just accept mm. especially or if it's acknowledge family. yeah, yeah. Especially you know if it's, it's personal family. and actually when people say things to us like oh I'm going to go into business with a friend or a family member we're kind of like are you sure? <laughs> like, oh, you need to know that person inside out to start a business together. And we do. We know each other inside out. So I think that's why it works. But it does consume us. Like, we don't really separate our business from our personal. Like, Yeah. But I think part of it is also the stage that we're at with our business. Mm. We're still small. It's still pretty much just us. And as we kind of build out the team and start scaling up, that will help. Because I think that naturally will mm. help us put the business to the side when we're kind of spending personal time together. Yeah. Actually, know? I didn't ask you about, have you moved the machinery out of your house? <laughs> yep. Oh my God. We just got rid of it as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as that final pallet so At least went. that's out of the way. <laughs> well, Zach and Zara, we're going to take a little bit of a break in proceedings. This is called Trending Takes. Okay. So the team have been scouring the web for topics, tweets, and talking points to get you, get you thinking, to create a different sort of discussion. Are you up for it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Right. Trending take number one. Emotional intelligence is a critical skill for CEOs. Yeah, definitely. Like it's so important to have that deeper understanding for your team, having that compassion and understanding the business on a compassionate level. Like it's not just business. There's there's different layers to it. So I I agree. Completely agree. Yeah. I mean, if you think of a CEO running a firm they are responsible for creating this power team and they need to be emotionally intelligent to make that power team work yeah, and yeah. become a power team, right? So Definitely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah and that must, when you recruit and when you have people working for you, you must think, oh, you know, let's show them respect and stuff for yeah. them to work for the business. Completely. Definitely. Don't wait to go viral. Yeah, don't wait to go viral because I think people have this obsession now with going viral like small businesses but actually going viral I think people don't realize that yeah there's pros you're going to sell out and you know you're going to get all those sales in but there's there's a negative side of it as well where that might just be your peak and then after that you might have bought a whole load of stock in and then you're waiting to go viral again and then you're getting trapped into a system into an algorithm essentially Mm. and your business needs to be outside of an algorithm like don't wait to go viral but you can see why some people think that because it's that it's it's getting that audience isn't it it's a bit well is it a bit like that 100k order yeah you you know you needed you just think oh do you see what i mean yeah but i think sometimes you can go viral for the wrong reasons like sometimes there's videos that are blowing up but it's not actually even representing what it is that you wanted to represent and you might sell out and then feel that stress as well. And then you might not get that virality again. Mm. It's that you're constantly chasing something that might not happen. Yeah, that high might not be achieved again. Exactly. So still have the passion and know your why Yeah. to keep going. Exactly. It may never come. So don't wait. Mm. 
Okay, and that wraps up Trending Takes. Thank you so much. And if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, let us know what you think in the comments below. Listen, as mentioned before, Delicious Body is about Indian heritage. It's rooted in that. You're passionate about it. So let's talk about that and how it shaped your business. Yeah, so the way that we have grown up, and I think a lot of South Asian people relate to this, is um, natural remedies are literally ingrained in us. Like we grow up with them. I mean, it's not just us, there's so many other cultures that are like that. Um, but the way that Delicious initially started was my grandmother is from Delhi in India, and she was known as like a natural healer. So her remedies, her ingredients, and all a lot of the things that she would formulate was actually shared amongst not just family, but outside the family. Um, and just kind of growing up with that, it was something that, it just is so natural to us. But when we, the more we talk about it, the more we realize that people actually don't use natural remedies or they don't use these ingredients. And that was a lot of where Delicious stems from. We were like, we want to bring those natural remedies, natural ingredients, and just kind of share them with the world and show that they can be a solution for any kind of hair or skin problem. Um, and that's why we're called Delicious because it's a play on the word on the city of Delhi. So... And so were you using some of these remedies when you were pregnant? You know, you said you had, you know, skin yes. problems. So was that what triggered it? You were like, I'm going back to these old, you know, old remedies my grandmother taught me that's, you know, ingrained in our family. So let me get that out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, the way that the first product was formulated, it's actually quite a unique formulation because we ended up sourcing Indian tea from the plantations um, in India. And even when we were sourcing them, you know, the people like, what are you using this for? And we were like, we're going to use it as a for a skin product. So it was quite a unique ingredient. And I think that's what makes us different. We do like to use unique Indian ingredients and use them in an innovative way um, and combining them with other kind of natural, well-known ingredients at the same time. But yeah, it's kind of like something we've really grown up with. Like we, it's, it's very ingrained in the culture. You know, when you've got a stomach ache, you know, it's fennel seed and, you know, it's things like that, that we just kind of, it's our go-to. So we just knew that we could formulate it into something that was powerful and share it with the world. So what advice would you give to people listening now who think, oh, I want, I've got a new product and I want to put it out there. You know, how shall I do this? How can I get people to invest in it and buy into it? I think it's really important to know the market well, like know the industry. I think some people, when they launch products, they don't realize it might be something out there that's very similar um, and know your, your USP around your product as well. That's so important. Like if you don't know what makes your product, that one thing that's different, it can it can change everything for you. One thing that fascinates me about Delicious Body is your commitment to causes, especially stopping human trafficking in India because you put 10% of your profits towards helping that cause. Why was that so important to you? Obviously, we know why it's important, but, you know, when you're setting up a business, sometimes, you know, that wouldn't be at the forefront of someone's mind until they were more established. For us, because our brand is rooted in the Indian culture and the heritage, as well as our ingredients coming from there, we wanted to give something back. Um, and obviously, tra trafficking of, of women in India is a, is a big problem, especially on tea plantations. So we wanted to make sure that we have something that is giving back to, to, to the culture and the country. Yeah, definitely. I think it comes back to brand values. Like when you start a business, what are your brand values? And for us, that was pretty much at the forefront of what we do, like ethics and like social responsibility. It's important. Like you, I think what, when you're a small business, that's what makes you different to bigger corporations, I guess, which have reputations potentially of, you know, they maybe social responsibilities comes a bit later. And you think about that later with the, with the bigger company, smaller businesses, I think you, you start with your brand values, you build them out and ethics should be at the forefront and 
Hopefully that's something that you plan for in advance. So you think cause and perfect really helps you connect with your market as well? Yeah, definitely. I think that's so important. Like if you, especially if with, with a brand like ours, which is Indian, but us, that's, that was kind of like, like Zach said, it's, it's the first thing we thought of when we were sourcing our ingredients. And it's it, it comes through in everything we do. With every supplier we work with, we have standards. Um, and I think that's so important. And it's part of your brand values. So if anyone is thinking of, you know, having a cause within their business. It's about authenticity and looking at how it links to your brand to make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's so important to be authentic to who you are and what you represent as a brand. And so what is it that you support through your business? Yeah. yeah. And I think for us, there's a deeper meaning to it because it's not something we talk about and it's not something that we shout about. Mm. Um, and we've been asked, why don't you talk about this more? And we, we don't want it to come across as a bit of a sales tactic. Mm. You know, we don't want to get into people's hearts to then sell products. For us, it's there's a deeper meaning to it. It's more personal and it's more ingrained in our business and we don't really talk about it. Yeah. So much. maybe you saying one piece of advice is that even if you want to do it, think about how much you want to talk about it. Does it maybe it's something that's important to you, but you don't necessarily have to tag it onto the brand. Yeah, I don't think it's imp- I don't think it's something that you have to do. Yeah, it? It, I, I mean it's it comes down to the meaning i mean for us it means there's a deeper mm. meaning to it yeah. um and there's i guess there's a place in our heart to do something right you know we get success and we want to share that success and give back to an extent yeah. so there's that giving back element to it but i know obviously you see a lot of brands and they support a lot of causes and they talk a lot about it and you get a bit of feeling that this is more about sales than good yeah um, definitely. but for us it's the opposite um we will not talk about it and we'll do it behind the scenes but obviously we do we, we have shared it um and it and it does get received really well by our community yeah and i think we obviously we grew up in this country but our parents didn't like our parents were you know first generation we're immig- they were immigrants and I think we saw how hard they worked and had to work um, in a new country and, you know, raise us. And it wasn't easy. So I think we are very aware of our culture. We're aware of our roots. And it's something that is always important to us. And we recognize our privilege as well. So it's something that was just ingrained for us at the beginning of when we were starting the business. And you put, we're going to talk about your social media in a second, but you have put, you know, where you source your ingredients on social media. When you see, you see those people working so hard and what they have to do, the processes they do. And I think it's really good to see that and to understand where these products come from, the work that goes into it and, you know, the passion even at that level. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people don't realise that this is literally, it's hand-picked tea. You know, it's it's been collected. The leaves are collected by women and, you know, they have, it's, it's hard work. Um, and it's so important to recognise and share that. And, I, and that's something I'm really passionate about on socials. I just think it's so great to show that journey of yeah. how that ingredient got there. Um, and it really does open up people's eyes because they're like, oh, I didn't realise. Because obviously you see at the end when it's all packaged up looking great on your shelf, super easy for you to pick up and purchase. But how did it get there? You know, so it's such an important piece. Yeah, no, 100%. And social media has helped your business. I mean, literally, what was it? Like, here it goes. 18 second video racked up 9.5 million views. Yeah. You've got a huge Easy. following on TikTok and on Instagram. And as Zach said, you know, that's really helped grow your business. So could you share some tips or learnings about building a strong brand on social media? Yeah, I mean, I think socials has been crazy for us. And it was something that was done without a lot of strategy behind it. It was just kind of, let's join TikTok and see how it goes and just share and be really authentic about it. Um, 
And that is the main thing that I always say to anybody with a small business and a small business page, just be authentic, show the realness behind your brand um, instead of making it look really polished because it's not like it's so scrappy. It's always a scrappy beginning. Um, and yeah, social media has been great for us. It, it's it's I mean, I really love doing it because I love showing people that side of the brand and I love showing them just the realness of it and just talking about. And actually, it was funny because when I first started TikTok, my initial thought behind it was oh, I'll just do it as like a small business support page. Like, oh, this is where I get my printer from. And you know, it's just very, very like simple, yeah. transparent. And I think transparency is key. So did you teach yourself, you know, because one of the things that people don't like about social media is that I don't have to make a reel, I don't have to do this and that. Did you just teach yourself, learn on the job? I mean, I just, I remember I was asking his nieces who were like teenagers, I was like, can you show me how to make a TikTok? <laughs> don't show me like, oh, this is how you add the music. But it's surprisingly very easy. Like there's there's so many tutorials out there um, and you literally need like one or two more editing apps. It's very like, just set your camera up and film as you're packing an order. And that's a piece of content right there for you. It is, it is very Because sometimes easy. it's a really simple piece of contact that get the most hits like it sometimes is. you think oh I've got to put my makeup on or do this mm. no but you just want to just see real authentic yeah. it's exactly that it's the authenticity and I think that's what Zara's done really well and obviously you said there wasn't much strategy behind it but Zara's got a really good eye for content and creativeness and I think that has what has spiraled the success on social media it's knowing your audience and knowing what content your audience would enjoy um, and it's the authenticity that has really shone through now, after your TikTok went viral, um, the product sold out. It's insane. Numerous times. And and so it's a good problem to have. But obviously, when it's gone, it's gone and you've got to start from scratch on that product. Mm. I mean, what would you have done differently? Or are you just pleased that, that it just had that reach and just flew off? Do you know what? I think we see a lot of brands that use the sellout tactic to drive hype and drive sales whereas we are kind of on the complete opposite side of the spectrum we were selling out because it was actually sold out and we didn't have any more left and that happened numerous times mm. and I think for us it was getting quite frustrating for, for our customers because we used to get hundreds of emails a day saying when's this coming back in stock how can you be a business how can you be out of stock yeah. so regularly really? yeah, yeah. They, they were getting, getting quite <laughs> annoyed and frustrated about it <laughs> yeah. because that's quite stressful it, mm. it is and it's not a good position yeah, to be it in wasn't, it wasn't it's not fun to be sold out like it, it's not and our customer, a lot of our customers rely on our products for for their skin. So for various conditions like eczema, psoriasis, dermatitis, etc. So they need our product. It's not a nice mm. to have. It's a it's a need. Yeah. Um. And it wasn't a really good position to be in. But I think I mean, looking back, if we knew we would get that much success through social media, I think the biggest thing that we would have done was have our supply chain in place mm. and have a robust supply chain to be able to deal with that demand. So moving from producing 100 to 200 units at home to now producing 20,000, 30,000 lots at a time, it's a big jump. But obviously, mm. had we known, we would have had that supply chain in place. Yeah, yeah but it's an unknown, isn't it? You don't know if yeah. it's going to get those views or people are going to you know, buy into it. So you don't want to make all this product and have it lying around. Yeah. So it's just weighing that up, I guess. Is exactly. It? Yeah, to an extent. And it's got, I guess part of it comes down to forecasting and obviously what you have mm -hmm. planned in terms of marketing initiatives, PR initiatives to then forecast some of that growth. And that's not something we were really good at. Um, mm -hmm. We were, I guess mm -hmm. we were kind of just knee deep in operations and just getting going and just getting bombs back in stock yeah um, that's all we used to worry about are they back in stock how many we made a week like it was that's what, we just got really stuck in the mud and it wasn't a good place to be in because essentially you're not running your business if you're stuck in the operational side you're just literally producing with your hands 
And then that's all of your energy gone into production. And then what about the rest of it? So it was really stressful. But I guess part of that, I guess it highlights the really grassroots story of our business, right? We started in our kitchen. We didn't know, we didn't anticipate the level of growth and the level of sales. Um, and I think that's the beauty of it, right? We didn't know it wasn't unknown. So we had mm. to react. And that kind of put us in in kind of in kind of a high stress mode but we yeah. learned so much along the way definitely it's unbelievable how much we learned in the first couple of years of running this business because we did everything ourselves we had zero support we had we spent nothing on social media or advertising or marketing yeah. it's okay. all just been through us and primarily zara on the social side that has mm. grown this business from zero to where we are now um and it's been it's, it's been an incredible journey and yeah. we're still just getting started like this is just the start for us so yeah. yeah, there's a lot more, lot more to come. So what systems do you have in place for the next TikTok boom? We do have a robust supply chain now. So we can we can we can kind of ride the waves when they come, if they come. Um and equally we've got quite big bold plans. So our supply chain needs to be in line with that yeah. growth that we mm. we forecast. Well let's discuss these plans. <laughs> What's the future for Delicious Body? Where do you see the business in five years' time? I mean, ultimately, our ambition and goal is to have our products accessible everywhere for everyone um, and to have our brand sit on the shelves with some of the key retailers. Um, so I think some of the so I think there's quite a few areas of what we're planning over the next kind of three to five years. So one is the right retail partnerships, um, being in the right store, stocked in the right locations in the right countries. Two is so the worldwide. Right, worldwide. Hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at the second, I would say the right distribution partnerships to help us expand internationally because obviously international markets are completely different to local markets. There might be one product that does really well here in the UK, but mm. won't do well in the UAE, for example. Um, so having the right partnerships to help us expand and i'd say three is having a solid um roadmap for new products yeah and that's something definitely. that's something we're 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 really kind of on point on we have a solid roadmap for products for the next two years um and not just any old products amazing products yeah we do spend a lot of time like products is everything to us like if we could spend all our time just developing products like that is what we want to do um like we launched into our first hair care ca category with the hair oil yeah and um we were quite nervous about it because we we're like okay we're known for our balms because of you know they, they were viral and you know everyone loves them i think we had like a wait list of like fifty thousand people at one point for the balms. so we're known for those for those body balms and we were like oh we don't know how it's going to do but we were also quietly confident because there's an ingredient in there that was it just started trending and um, it's called amla it's like a gooseberry and it's an indian gooseberry and we've been using it like since we were kids growing up and i still you know i've been using it on my own girl's hair so we were quietly confident that the market needs a really important a really affordable good hair oil we launched and we sold out and it was insane. And I think a lot of that came from because people trust us. Like they were like, okay, their balms are good. So their hair oil has got to be good. Yeah. Um, so we went into hair care and now we're thinking, okay, great. We're in hair care now. So let's build out that category. Um, and it was something that we didn't actually think of when we were first starting. We didn't think, oh, we're going to dominate body care. We were just like, okay, let's kind of make products that we know are going to work and see how it takes us. So new products definitely are on the horizon. Yeah, and that doesn't scare you. You see it growing and delicious bodies just being encapsulating all sorts of things with beauty. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's pretty exciting. It is. It, there's a lot of hard work behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, we, maybe we're giving the <laughs> well, wrong. I can see no, no, Zach, you were sitting there when we were talking awesome. about it going, yeah, <laughs> this is what we're going to be doing. <laughs> it is a lot. So what piece of advice, most important piece of advice would you give to other entrepreneurs who are looking to create a strong, long-term successful brand? I think for me, it's always going to be be authentic. Whatever it is that you're doing, just be really authentic about it because when you create something that is real, people connect with it. And that connection is very, very key. I, I think getting a customer is for us, it's never just about buy it, leave, and that's it. We are growing a community of people that when they see our brand, they trust it because they know the people behind it. They know the efforts that's going into it. And a lot of that is built on social media, but definitely just be authentic with whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And I would say know your why and know your purpose. Um, and know the market, um, really dive into the market you're going in, differentiate your product and your brand, what makes you unique and really make that shine through because you need to stand out. Otherwise, it's very easy to get lost or forgotten. I like that. Know your why. Yeah. That could apply to lots of things, isn't it? Life, yourself, yeah, yeah. your brand, your products, things you love. Know your why. Now, to conclude this episode, we're going to do some rapid fire questions um, all about business. So you have to respond quickly and succinctly. Mm -hmm. Who are your business inspirations? Oh, I've got so many. <laughs> I can't think of one person. The one person that stands out for me <laughs> is Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. Um, he wrote a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. um, all about money and how to make money and where you want to be in life and what you need to do to get there. A lot of people are, I guess, what I would call stuck in a nine to five trap. Um, and that book is all about getting out of that nine to five trap and how to do it and where you need to be. OK, Zara. Mine is Jenna Sue and um, Jenna Meek. Sorry, she, that's how I'm thinking of her Instagram. She is a, a founder of Refi Beauty and um, I just find her really inspirational. Um, I know her on a personal level as well now. And she's grown a brand in such an innovative, unique way in the beauty world which is just it, it's been unprecedented i just find her so inspiring um so yeah mine would be definitely be her okay what do you most enjoy about owning and running your own business flexibility 100 percent. freedom one piece of advice for married couples going into business together don't do it <laughs> i knew he was gonna say that i just knew he was gonna say that <laughs> that's because you're married so <laughs> inside yeah. Out. Yeah. yeah no do you know what i think it's important my main advice would be to give each other the respect and have boundaries and have clear roles. Because when your roles start to overlap, that's when you might have issues. The one thing you wish you knew starting out? How important relationships are. In what sense? So on, on a personal level, so for us, obviously, our marriage, how yeah. important that foundational relationship is to the success of our business. But equally on the business side, our relationships with suppliers, partners, retailers, how important those relationships are in helping to one, convey your brand, but two, get your brand out there and get other people believing in what you're doing. Well, your confession was agreeing to produce 100,000 products without a factory or official production line. But do you forgive yourself, regret it or wish to forget it? Definitely don't yeah, regret it. I do want to forget about it a little bit. <laughs> I feel like it was such a traumatic it, it was it was tough like those three months when I think back I'm like oh my gosh that feeling it was so it was really difficult so yeah a little bit forget about it a little bit but you wouldn't regret it because definitely it, not you know 
Definitely. It's not. helped you propel yeah. you in your business Definitely to where not. it is now. And I guess a confession within a confession is part of that journey, right? We had to change our address and put unit in the front of it so that lorries would would kind of think it's a business address to actually turn down our road. And then they'd get stuck when they get to our house. And I would then have to help them reverse all the way back out the road once we'd, once, we'd, well. once we'd got what we needed from them. So I guess that's another confession yeah. within confession. That's a good confession within the it confession. Is. It was a sly one, but we had to do we it. Otherwise, do it. Otherwise, otherwise, they just you wouldn't. You could drive lorries now. I, I, maneuver them. I mean, I... I probably could <laughs> I mean he's he does it all he unloads all the pallets you know he does it all like so it's really hands on and that's goes, that's what you're talking about it's all consuming it, is. it has been I mean we've literally been like I've unloaded container loads I've unloaded full lorry loads of 25 pallets for example and you'd, you'd help me right yeah, yeah like 25 kilo sacks of tea <laughs> would be lifting these on our shoulders taking them from the front to the back we're thankfully not in a position where we're kind of involved in the manual work in our business yeah. now but we've also learned now for example we used to get things delivered to us that weren't palletized we didn't know what that meant so they would just say oh you didn't say you wanted it on a pallet so we would literally be unloading individual sacks which was literally 30 kilo bags of salt and you've got 150 of them and laurie would just be waiting there we would do it but we've learned we're like is it coming on a pallet is yeah. it wrapped like we don't need to unload it manually do it because we didn't know like that, you know, delivery terms and logistics behind running a business. We just were like, oh my God, it's come loose. Why would they do that? It's like, well, you haven't told them. Yeah. <laughs> so just learning along the way. And, yeah. and also you can laugh about these experiences. Honestly. The, the learning was honestly invaluable mm. to us as people, to our business. Yeah. Like we got so much out of it um, yeah. that I don't think we think about enough yeah definitely yeah. And I'm I loving think... the I'm loving the positivity you're just like you're yeah. like reflecting back smiling just going gosh yeah yeah can you believe we did we that we did that yeah exactly I still remember the feeling when our like the final delivery, the final delivery left, left us oh my gosh it was like a final off. 15 pallets and our, how, we were sitting downstairs and in our house on just chairs because we didn't have furniture <laughs> still. Room was we're empty. just like oh my god like what have we just done yeah. um it, it was honestly insane. a crazy crazy feeling and experience but you must have sat back and went we did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was We did. It was crazy. And, and there was a feeling like, what do we do with our time now? It's like <laughs> yeah, what do we do? Honestly, I was like filling bags of like scrub to like two AM and I had the the girls still waking up in the night, back up at like six AM, like it was tough. It was really hard. But no, it was worth it. You guys are inspiring. Zara and Zach, thank you so much for talking with me today and also just sharing your story. It's incredible. And I can't wait to see what the future holds. Delicious Body is going to take over the world. And for those of you listening at home, don't forget to hit follow and subscribe. And if you're inspired by our chat with Zara and Zach, take a little look at the NatWest website for info and tools to help you on your journey.